0: Welcome to episode five of the Microsoft Spotlight podcast with me, John Jarvis, and my co-host, Andrew Price. This episode is proudly sponsored by BitTitan. Check out the website today to find out how BitTitan can help you migrate your data to the Microsoft Cloud. So Andrew, would you like to introduce our guest for today?
1: So we're super excited to welcome our first guest from Microsoft today, Laurie Pottermeyer. She works in the Microsoft Teams product group. So Laurie, do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Thanks, John. Thanks, Andrew. It's really good to be here. I'm excited. Um, my name is Lori Pottmeyer and I am the community lead within the Microsoft Teams engineering team. Uh, so, I've been at Microsoft for a number of years, um, a little over 15 full time now, and um, have always worked in the UC space, Unified Communications. And so, My experience now with uh, being community lead is to connect those within the community to our engineering team to help with product feedback and to help educate our community, our MVPs and others who are passionate about teams to give them the technical depth that they need to be able to successfully Share our product as well. Thanks.
1: So, so say, how did you come about becoming the community lead? What, what basically started you on the road to joining Microsoft to basically then becoming in the role that you currently are in today?
2: Yeah. uh, So, I was working with Skype for Business, and uh, that was a role that I was in before. uh, Before Teams was even around. And so while I was in the Skype for Business team, I worked on multiple programs there um, and doing various feedback and uh, user adoption programs with customers. And um, at that time, we wanted to start a community. And so I started working with a vendor to create what is now the Microsoft tech community run by Anna Chu and team. Um, You may be familiar with it, and we call it the MTC. Um, And at that time, for Skype for Business, we were looking at creating a community. And so I was driving the effort to build um, the first uh, Skype for Business community. And at that time, Anna was working on the same thing uh, for Office. And so it only made sense for us to pull our efforts together and create a single Microsoft Tech community uh, where uh, Skype for Business could live. And so that was my first kind of dip into the community world. And um, I really loved that work. I actually just felt really different about that role. Um, And then when Teams uh, started being created, uh, we obviously wanted to have the same thing for Teams. At that same time, I moved over to the Teams team and still maintained the Skype for Business community, but started up the Teams community within the MTC and from there, um, different things happened. and kind of um, created my role with MVPs. I know, um, you know, that's something that I work with uh, very, uh, well, probably takes up most of my time working with our MVP community um, and our user groups around the world. And so uh, nobody was, you know, obviously teams being brand new, we kind of treated it like a startup and nobody was... Really doing anything with those two areas, and so uh, I just started working on them because somebody had to do it, and kind of created this role for myself. And um, it's been a, a great opportunity, and I have a lot of fun with it. I say
1: when I first obviously started looking into the uh, the link community that which was at the time, you know, I joined with the the UC Architects podcast, so like people like Pat Richard, uh, Tom Arbuthnot, um and quite a few others. And basically, that's what kind of got me more into doing Skype for Business. And so there is like a massive like global gathering and all the guys that I basically I've networked with in the past, you know, they're very quite close-knit community. And so when I had the opportunity to come out to sort of MVP Summit and actually meet all these people, it was just great to put a, a name to the face and actually you know, have them, them conversations I've been having for so long, like Twitter and all the other, the mediums that basically the, the community's developed over. It's just, you know, a nice place to be. There is a lot of, you know, well-respected people in the community who always basically put their hand up and all are willing to offer of, of assistance.
2: That's so true. And it's funny you bring back the link days. So, uh, you know, I was working with Link at the time. Uh, my role with Link was actually moving people from, uh, well, I did a lot of transition programs, moving people from live meeting back in the olden days, They remember. remember, uh, live meeting to Link and then, and, you know, to Skype for Business. And uh, so I was uh, kind of helping with transition programs. And I remember throughout that, um, we did a lot of feedback, um, obviously getting feedback for the new product and kind of helping those evolve. And um, I always heard about MVPs, but I didn't really know who they were. I just knew that they were, you know, really smart people that knew a lot about the product. But I never really worked in depth with them. And I heard a lot of these names, but wasn't ever the one that was Um, doing the direct work. That was really Sean Wilson and Jamie Stark were kind of working with that team um, back then, and it was out of marketing. Um, So I didn't have any real direct contact with it. So when I moved to Skype for Business and Teams, that's when it was kind of like, oh, this is who that community is. And through MVPs and through the MTC, it really started to kind of be part of that community because it was driving that effort for our product. And um, I had no idea how well first of all, how amazing the community really is, but how just huge and diverse and welcoming and active it all is um you know you're right, you can always get an answer to a question you know you've all, everybody's seen forums like the Microsoft Tech community before where you can ask a question and get an answer but I really think that our community runs so much deeper than that. You know, there's friendships. I've talked about people who met on the tech community just answering questions together on a regular basis. And then both became MVPs and then became roommates, um, you know, based mm-hmm. on just their you know, friendship that they had online and, um, you know, an MVP summit from two different countries, you know, and I just think those stories happen so often and it's really cool to see us all from various parts of the world, from various backgrounds come together based on our passion for tech and passion for teams.
1: Stories is um, Greg Sheridan, who's obviously based in Australia. Um, right. I've seen that MVP, MVP summit. Got on really well, had quite a few drinks in Joey's Bar, the people that are probably listening, <laughs>
2: probably
1: know that. Um, and then when he actually came to the UK, um, he actually came and visited me when I was running one of my user groups and actually attended. So I, had to get to, I got to see him again, have a, you, know, that, you know that friendship conversation with him. Mm-hmm. i got a lot of time for Greg, he's a, a great guy. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: So Laurie, I am guess like everything's now obviously virtual with um, with the current times that we're in. What would be your advice for like um, new people who are not used to um, going to the tech community or being taken part of the tech community? What would you be, be your advice for people to start um, getting into that space?
2: You know, this is a really great time to jump into the community for the first time. Um, I think it can be intimidating. I think especially for women, um, one, um, because we are a minority in tech. Um, to walk into a room full of men is intimidating for for a lot of us. And, um, you know, so that's one thing. Um, Also, uh, those of us who have a little bit of social anxiety and don't like to walk into a room with strangers, that can be a little bit scary uh, for people. So, you know, being virtual has offered many opportunities community-wise. Is it ideal? No, we love that human connection. We love to be together and that's important and I can't wait to do that again. But this is a really great time not only to hear speakers from around the world that you normally may not hear from or may not get to see because you you have to be in person and maybe you can't travel. It's also a great time for people to get involved. So people who do want to be part of the community from a you know, sharing their knowledge perspective instead of only consuming. Um, This is a great time to get online, be part of the Microsoft tech community. I don't even know what our, I should have looked up what our numbers are, but, you know, over, I mean, it's thousands, it's hundreds of thousands of people who are in the Microsoft tech community um, focused on Teams. And so, you know, it's a really great time for you to be able to be at home and get involved, attend different user groups, um, a different community events that are happening, and just kind of get to know who people are, and um, and share your knowledge, and let people know who you are, and make some of those connections, and maybe turn into friendships. And you know what's really great is that when we do then get in person we're able to see those people and say, oh, my gosh, you're that person I, I follow right. on Twitter and have learned so much about, or you helped me solve this problem. I can't believe we're actually standing here talking to one another. Um, it's a really easy way to start virtually, and there are so many opportunities right now because that's how we have to be um, that this is a great time to to really get involved. Yeah, that's
0: right. So, kind of, what what got you into this space? What 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 was your why did you choose IT as a career?
2: <laughs> I didn't choose IT as a career. It Chose IT it. Sure me, yes. <laughs> it is so true. So, uh, my mom was a teacher. Growing up, I thought that's what I wanted to be, and that's what I went to school for. And quickly, that changed, and I uh, got my degree in communications marketing. And um, and as I did various work as part of my internships and kind of figuring out what i want to do in the world Um, i landed in doing event management and i was traveling all around north america doing large-scale events and that was a very long time ago Um, and uh, you may remember in the early 2000s the market crashed um, and we had uh, an opportunity where I got laid off from my job and had to figure something else out. Um, and sometimes this is the best things. Um, and in my case, it certainly was, I ended up, uh, working at Microsoft as, uh, in a, co- a in a contract position, um, had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I never thought that I would land in technology. I didn't have any formal schooling in technology. In fact, when I was in college, I had to go to the computer lab for email. Um, So it was a real uh, shift for me. And I remember the recruiter saying, you have all of the skills that you need to do this job. It's just transferring those skills onto a different platform. And once I started my job at Microsoft, I was working for live meeting and what I was doing was producing events. And I did that for different clients, internal and external clients, and using this platform that was virtual to produce events that I had been traveling all around and doing in person, you know, I wasn't, Doing a report based on clicks at the door. I was doing a report based on you know some uh, Excel that came through based on a an output of a report, and I was planning logistics, but it was just on a different platform. So that's how I got into technology. It was an accident, and I am forever grateful to Louise Matham. I will never forget her name. She's the recruiter that brought me on to Microsoft and, um, you know, I finished my contract and got hired full time. And like I said, I've been in the unified communications space, starting with life meeting and done various roles. So, you know, starting in that role, I was, I was doing events, but then I started to really learn about the technology itself. And so then I kind of moved into user adoption and from there, I started seeing issues and things that we needed to improve and ways that people were using the technology that our teams weren't thinking about. And so that got me into user feedback, and I started doing a lot of different um, programs with uh, giving feedback and, and collecting feedback and talking to our customers and, um, and then eventually landed into uh, like I said, doing community work. So it's kind of all interrelated and has built on itself, and it's definitely been on the job training. I learn every day.
1: So, like pre COVID, obviously, you used to do a lot of traveling as well with Microsoft. How does, how does that affect like family life for yourself? Ah. I, know, I know you travel internationally, I know you've been to like in, like, in the UK and other places in Europe. So, how does that affect you as a woman traveling, you know, all around the world in your family life?
2: Yeah, in fact, I'm wearing my um, Collab Summit t-shirt today, um, hashtag community rocks, uh, representing our, our event coming up in Germany here. So I'm hoping to one day do it again. Um, you know, over the past two, three years, I've um, really traveled a lot in um like you said, you know, worldwide, it's been the greatest experience ever, not only going to new places and meeting new people, but just connecting with those people that I have had relationships with, you know, through the tech community and through the MVP program and getting to know those people on a different level by sitting down with them. And like you said, just having a beer and um, having a casual conversation and really getting to know them on a personal level too. That is my favorite part of travel. Uh, When COVID hit, you know, at first, I think we all went through this, wow, this is crazy. Um, How do I manage? (laughs) You know, there's a a lot of uh, questions there. And for me, um, you know, definitely it was hard to go from traveling so much to then uh, not traveling at all because I was always working from home, but I was always leaving a week or two out of the month. And so all of a sudden I was at home in the same four walls with kids who were not Going to school, <laughs> and it was uh, a real struggle. And you know, I think we made it work. My kids are a little older; they're twelve and fourteen, so they're self-sufficient. Um, they were going crazy because they're social creatures, and uh, you know, it's hard. It was really hard for them, you know, not to be able to be out and and see their friends and be with their friends. That was tough. Um, you know, I think I I'm I'm lucky in the sense that I have a You know, my kid's dad is um, very open and and able and willing and loves to have the kids and be with the kids. So for me traveling, it wasn't too different, I think, than a two parent household where um, one person leaving is such a, you know, a a difference when one person is gone. All of a sudden the family dynamic changes for me. I don't have that um, being a single mom. So, uh, you know, I leave my kids with their dad and, and they're in great hands and and I get to go and kind of do my thing. And then I come home and I'm a hundred percent, you know, with, with my kids, um, day and night, you know, minus work and school. But, um, you know, I really think that my travel, um, hasn't affected anybody negatively. I think my kids are super supportive of my travel. They get excited to learn about new places and see, see new places Um, they've met new people just as I have through my travels Uh, my daughter got to come with me to Paris last year uh, two years ago now I guess Mm -hmm. December 2019 so just, you know, shortly before COVID, um, she got to come up to Paris with me for a community event, which is very cool for her to see it in first person and even got to get, be up on the stage and help with the demo. So, you know, that those kind of experiences are, are great. Um, I don't see anything negative about the travel um, that I have, and I absolutely cannot wait to start doing it again. It really, for me, it's a huge part of my happiness at Work and you know, everybody says, Oh, work life balance must be so hard for you because you're gone so much. And really, that it brings me so much joy. Um, doing that, it's not really hard work for me, it's doing something that I really love. So, for me, it's not a bad thing, and I can't wait to do it again.
1: I, mean, not, so I, I miss more traveling, I and mean, that's one of the things, obviously, being a consultant architect, you do a lot of traveling, seeing customers, yeah, I being locked in the same four walls. You do drive, you know, you're the half you know, mad at times, but, and obviously yeah. being at home as well. So I completely understand on that yeah, front. So well, my,
0: my next question was going to, I think you kind of, kind of went across it was kind of, you obviously love your job, um, but what kind of drives you to kind of keep pushing the community forward and, and, and being a, a leader within the community?
2: What pushes me forward? Um, you know, <laughs> gosh, there well, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of 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 pressures um both, you know, internal and external that push me. Um, you know, not all bad. Um Pressures also. I think it's exciting when I start seeing some of the stories that I've shared with you, you know, and the connections and the problems that have been solved, and um, and it's also exciting to see a lot of the improvements and the progress that we make with the product based on what the community, um, our MVPs, our uh, people that are attending user groups, people within the MTC, people on user voice and sharing feedback. Um, Those people are sharing feedback with us that helps us improve the product. And I know sometimes it feels like when you submit an idea or, um, you know, you share your feedback with somebody that it falls on deaf ears and um, it absolutely doesn't. And we, we do listen and we do hear feedback and it's extremely important to the team's product group. We have a focus on um, being customer driven. And what customer-driven means is basically listening. Um, it doesn't mean that we're going to be able to do everything that everybody asks us for. Obviously, there's priorities. And, um, you know, when COVID hit, we had COVID priorities. We needed to meet the demand for people um, who were all of a sudden shifting to a virtual work scenario and, um, had always been in person before. And that was a huge shift for people. And that meant not only giving them the features that they need to be successful, but it also meant ensuring that everybody could get connected. Everybody had access. So there was a lot that we needed to do to scale and a lot of fast features that we needed to roll out. And so we took, uh, you know, Obviously, uh, we took the feedback from our communities, from user voice, what were people, you know, and, and it was interesting to kind of watch the shift of what people had always been asking for, what kind of, at that time, people were asking for, say, around the holidays, and then all of a sudden, what people cared about, uh, things like, you know, uh, having, you um, more people visible on the screen and having um, more video displayed, you know, having custom backgrounds, you know, just things that weren't ever really a priority and all of a sudden were really important to people because they were in this virtual environment every day. So just there are things like that that kind of push me to keep doing what I'm doing because I see the successes. Um, And I just want to, I just want to do more. You know, I think that's probably one of my, Um, you know, one of the negative things about myself probably is that, um, well, first of all, I have ADD uh, or ADHD. And so for me, it's really difficult. And I'm not saying that's a negative thing, because I think it's actually like my superpower. But Uh, one of the things that it does is it makes me have these big ideas and things that I want to do. And a lot of times, you know, I'm just one person. Um, I have a couple people that help me out um, on my team, but, you know, I don't have a team of 10 or 20 people. And so I have to keep that in perspective. I can't save the world. I can't do everything. I have these really big ideas, but sometimes I have to rein them in and You know, a good example of that is the women in teams community that uh, we just kicked off um, after the first of the year. You know, that's something that I've been wanting to do for quite some time. And um, but it's always, you know, just another thing that um, takes time, you know, but it was really very important to me. And so I I talked to Caruana, my boss, and said, you know, I'd like to do this. Um, I know I don't have time. Um, but I want to, I want it to happen. So I want to kind of be the one that launches it and then have the community really drive it. And, um, you know, it's amazing what can happen when you say I need help. Um, and I think that is a good lesson for anyone because, you know, I oftentimes try to feel like I have to do it all. I had this idea, I have to do it all. It's in my mind. Um, but sometimes letting go and giving something to others can make something so much better. You know, everybody says the the old adage of, um, more hands are better than your own or however it is, <laughs> but, um, you know, it really does take a village and it's been so nice to watch the women and teams, um, community really grow. And that's because the community now is driving it and, um, yeah, so just keep, keep. I just keep coming up with ideas and and finding ways to to implement them. And um, you know, it's all for the good of the product and improving our product, but also um, you know, making sure that we're taking care of the community that gives us so much as well.
1: So, with the women and teams community, is it solely for women to join, or is it open to everyone? What kind of, a, like, kind of a, like the engagement around that?
2: Yeah. The women in team, women, women teams community is open to everybody. Um, so it is just, you know, it was a small group of us women that started it just to kind of help and support each other. But there are several men in there as well. And it's really great to have their kind of knowledge and perspective on um and, and for them to learn as well, but for, you know, I think from a women's, woman's perspective is just hearing from them, how can we work with men better? Like our communication style may be different or, you know, in my, you know, and, and of course it's different for a person. It's de- different in different regions of the world and it's different in the company that you work for, et cetera. But just having a different perspective, I think, is great. So, no, the the women teams community is open to all, and we've had uh, last month we had some male speakers, which was great, and and talking about different topics. And so, um, absolutely, everybody is welcome. But you know, the the goal is to have a place where women can feel supported um, by each other and by people around surrounding them, and just have another place to uh, network and get to know one another because like you said, uh, you know we were talking earlier, when you go to events oftentimes it's hard to find a female speaker or it's hard to find female attendees and having different perspectives and IT is difficult. Our pool is smaller. a uh, pool of women is smaller. So having this place where we can really bring and grow people and um, kind of bring them into the community it has been wonderful.
0: So what's been like some challenges that you have faced um, within the industry?
2: Well, you know, I came into this industry not knowing I was coming into this industry. So I probably <laughs> missed some of the challenges that many women do who are coming into technology and wanting to be in technology. And I saw an example of that, um, and I've had conversations with different women um, who have a computer science degree. Who, you know, all, all through their early high school, and then moving into college, university, they were already a minority. Starting with a classroom full of men and, or you know, boys being younger, and it's just intimidating. You know, it's intimidating to be any minority anywhere for anything. You know, and so. Um, just you know having a welcome atmosphere is even if it's not meant to be not welcome um you know there's just kind of this barrier there i think for for people and you know people when they're younger they want to take classes with their friends or they want to do you know they want to do certain things and be around people like them and when you're a young girl going into technology just from the very start you have to go out of that comfort zone and I never experienced that um, so I'm lucky in that sense that I kind of bypassed that um, but I have talked to women uh, one of the things that I like to do when I travel is to um, to community events is to find a local university or um, students in the area and um, bring a young woman along with me and if if not on stage, you know, bring them along with me just to meet people and to see what the event is all about and, and just kind of be a shadow and yeah, we awesome. get to know each other. Yeah. 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 And, um, and that's been really cool. One of the people that I talked to in Columbia, um, in Bogota, um, she expressed to me how difficult it was to be in university and be in and get her degree in computer science and said, You know, I thought so many times about dropping out or doing something different because it's all men and, um, it's, you know, it's really hard. And she said, you know, they're, everybody's just so smart. They're so, they are so smart, you know, and, um, you know, I had a reminder, like you're there too, you know, (laughs) you're smart too. And you're making it and, you know, she's graduating soon and it's really exciting um, to see people like Nettie um, in Columbia and and others who have kind of gotten there, gotten through that and gotten that degree Um, for myself, which was your original question. It's different. Um, You know, I have kind of my own role here within Um, my team and really kind of a different role at Microsoft. And I think we're starting to see more and more community focus. Um, Some of the challenges that I have had are some of the things that you hear about just being heard. Uh, So if you're in a meeting and it's, uh, you know, for instance, I've traveled to customer sites and it's been me and a male counterpart and uh we can say the same thing but it's received better from the mail or i can answer a question and then they'll look to the mail you know for verification you know i'm shaking
0: my head i'm shaking my head because it's not like the first i think it's probably the third time we've heard it in five episodes we've had it's just it's just frustrating
2: yeah yeah and i think you know there's a lot of people that um are aware of it. And there's a lot of people that aren't. And I think just kind of, you know, it's not like, oh, this big complaint or anything. It's just kind of like, oh my God, seriously, you just want to roll your eyes. Like I just flipping said that, you know, it's like, ah, you just get frustrated. And I don't think I really ever, I think I took it uh, have taken it in the past as a personal thing. Like it's a me thing and not a they thing. And it's a they thing. It's not a me thing. I said the right answer. I probably answered it in some cases better than a male counterpart would have or could have, you know, in some instances. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's frustrating, but I think just bringing awareness to the issue and just, you know, making people think about it, like, Hey, when, you know, I just think people aren't aware and it's just been drilled into everybody's mind from, you know, years and years and years and in technology, it's, we have been a minority. So having strong women who are smart and know what they're talking about, you know, it's like, Oh, okay, this is new. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think just bringing awareness to it. That's probably what I've noticed, um, the most is just kind of being heard and, um, you know, there's other things like women are not good at bragging about themselves and talking about how well they've done. And, um, you know, I think that I've definitely struggled with that. I don't like I, it's not the Lori show. Like, I don't I just do my thing. You know, I would say like I just do my thing over here and it's not I just do what I love because I love to do it. And I see the impact that I'm making and I like it and I think I'm helping helping the product, helping the community, you know, and, and throughout my 15 years at Microsoft, I've, I've kind of been that way. Like, I'm just doing the right thing. Um, but I'm not always great at talking about the great impact that I'm making and, you know, showing off of all the great emails that I get and the, the public accolades and the this and the that and the stuff. And, like, I think that we're just really bad about that. We may just say, oh, that, that's so nice, you know, and set it aside, Um, Whereas men may, you know, a man, I'm not saying everybody, but, you know, men are more apt to share that stuff and just talk about, you know, all the good stuff that they're doing. And uh, that, I think, has impacted how I have progressed in my career, to be honest. Um, You know, I look at people that started at the same time that I did who, you know, are, are doing some wonderful things, but you just look at, you know, okay, well, are they getting, uh, are they progressing faster because they're doing more and doing better? Or is it that they're better at talking about themselves? And I think that is a little bit part of it. So, you know, we just need to be, myself included, be better about talking about the great work we do. I
1: think even for myself, I mean, you know, I, I'd come an MVP for three years, but prior to that, you know, I wasn't a confident person. I literally just threw myself in the deep end set up a user group set up a conference and just yeah just went for it I mean, i've never stood in a room in front of 400 people and publicly spoken before but because i started doing the user groups and building my confidence it then you know, gave me that platform to basically then submit sessions to go um over to amsterdam and do sessions there as well as just in, just other events in the uk it, it's just a confidence thing i think i think that's i think that affects everyone really just being confident in yourself to go look i know i'm good at what i do i know i'm good at this particular subject or topic or whatever
2: yeah Just
1: put yourself out there
2: yeah and i think for people that don't do much speaking um and you know i don't i don't love it um i'm somewhat of an introvert and um people always say "Oh, that's there's no way i'm like well i'm kind of forced not to be in my job um, but it is a struggle for me. It is hard for me. And I'm lucky that I see so many familiar faces when I do walk into a room because I'm more of the person that stands on the sideline and just kind of watches and looks and um so I, I do struggle with that, but I think for people who are kind of starting out, we talked about it earlier, just starting out in the community and not sure if they want to do public speaking or you know, well, I don't, I could never be that person because I don't write a blog. I don't have my own blog space or I don't have a podcast or I don't want to get on a stage and talk to people, even if it's 20 people in my local town or the user group. That's OK. There are many, many ways to share knowledge. And, you know, a very easy one is the Microsoft tech community and answering questions in there, but also just sharing experiences. You know, if you had a something that went wrong and you fixed it, then tell people about that experience because somebody else in the world is going to learn from you. And and there's so many different ways that people can contribute. And, you know, we all use the community so much. I do for, for questions all the time. I learn from all of you, you know, I don't know the answer to something and I search up, I'm like, Oh, there it is. It's in the tech community. Somebody already answered it, you know, and it's a question about my own product that I didn't know the answer to. Um, But giving back, Uh, When we're taking so much and learning so much from each other, giving back is so important, too. And there's so many ways to do that. So definitely, you know, I urge people to get there in the Microsoft Tech community. I urge people to be part of the Women in Teams community and um, their local user groups and attend many of the the virtual events right now that are happening from all around the world, it's so easy. And then choose some of those that you want to make it a goal to attend when we all get back in person and really make it a goal to to get there and do that. And when you're there, be active, be a part of it. Don't just go session to session and sit in the back, you know, really ask questions because you have access just so many smart people and those conversations and having the opportunity to meet face to face or, you know, right now virtually, but really being able to ask questions to so many different people um, is really a blessing and we get to do it every single yeah, day. I
0: attended Ignite in 2019 and I learned more in that those four or five days than I probably did a year. Like being able to ask questions to the right people and being able to, you know, I I made sure I was asking as many questions as I possibly could. Um, at, at the end of after the, um, the conferences and stuff as well. So yeah, it's, 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 it's those events are, are amazing.
2: Yes, can't do
0: them again.
2: <laughs> after the session, being able to walk up to the speaker and stand there and ask ask questions. And the great thing is that anybody that speaks at Ignite or I can probably speak on behalf of. of the people that do public speaking in our community. But at a community event or Ignite, any of those speakers – they give you their contact information because they want you to connect, not because they want to up their number of followers. Um, you know, I, at least speaking for, you know, folks at Microsoft who really do want to connect with people and be there as a resource and continue answering questions because we learn from those questions too. So, yeah, continue to do that.
1: That's a good example for me is what I had an issue with Windows 10. Um, I knew a particular Microsoft MVP who was basically doing a public, uh, public session about it there at um, Ignite in London. In London. Um, so I spoke to him about it. He goes, well, I think the person you need to speak to is this guy named Michael Nevis, who's now left Microsoft. And was, cool. He's basically like the godfather, winner's all pilot. And he basically done the introduction for me. And then you know, he was another person I started following, had that connection. And then the fact that he took out 10 minutes of his time to come speak to me to answer all my different questions you know, was valuable for me so um we've talked about the, the past the present so what does the future hold for you what, what do you basically see yourself doing in five ten years time
2: oh my gosh five to ten years um well let's just talk about five years because 10 years is is a long way out um you know i've learned so so much over um my time at, at microsoft and you know even my my career before but Um, I really think that I have so much to share about community and building community. Um, You know, Microsoft Teams is virtually a new product. Um, We're still only a handful of years old, and um, I was able to build a community from scratch, and I think... You know I want to be able to share some of those best practices with with others whether that's you know other products at Microsoft and and helping to build additional communities or whether that's you know somewhere else in some other um, some other way but um, being able to use that um, the experiences that I've had building, this community um, to do even bigger and better things. Um, one of the things that I, I kicked off this year, in res- this last year, in response to COVID, was the Microsoft Community Tenant for any community events to be able to take place virtually on the Microsoft Community Tenant. And that has enabled so many, um, right now hundreds, but um, we know that um, when we're able to scale, it will scale. Um, to thousands of user groups um, taking place virtually, and that's just one way of kind of, uh, you know, not only enabling uh, people to go virtual who maybe otherwise wouldn't have been able to, or you know, using Microsoft products that maybe you wouldn't have, um, but you know, also just doing something bigger and better in my role. And I think I can continue to do so many things. I have lots of big ideas, um, but I think. Really, where um, you know, I look down the road in five or ten years is really doing that at a higher level for um, more. Taking my big ideas and and kind of overlaying them to to help more and more communities thrive and flourish. And I'm excited to see where that takes me and um, where this job takes me. And uh, you know, I think that everybody knows the passion that I have for the work that I do, and um, I hope that shines through and. Um, I can do bigger and better things down the road.
1: So I think, I think just does shine through me. And obviously, you talk very passionately about what you've done, you know, where you've come from. So I'm going to throw a question out there, which I like to throw to every single guest, so like an interview question. So from your experience today, what would you say to the lawyer that walked into Microsoft 15 years ago?
2: Oh, my gosh. Oh, this is such a good question um i actually just talked to somebody um on the team's team yesterday who's um fairly newish to role and uh was asking me um if i would talk to one of our senior leaders on her behalf for a favor you know for Anyway, it doesn't really matter, but she was like, ah, I don't know. Can you, would you mind? And, and I just, I I said, well, of course, like it's, uh, that's fine. Like I, that's totally fine. Um, but I told her, I said, you know, if you would have asked me five years ago or especially 10 years ago, but even five years ago to do that, I would say like, I don't know, maybe we should have so-and-so do it, you know? And I just, gotten to the point, And I feel like I should have done this so much sooner. Like I, you know, I think we all have issues, of, not everybody, but a lot of us have issues of confidence in our role and not that we don't know what we're doing because we do know what we're doing, but we work with a lot of smart people and, you know, in it, I mean, in probably everywhere. Right. We all work with smart people and at Microsoft, I work with a lot of smart people and it can be intimidating. And I finally just got to the point where I'm like, oh my gosh, these people could be my kids. You know, like, what am I doing? I, yes, they are very smart, but I also know what I'm doing and I also have a lot of experience and I, I am good at what I do. So why am I intimidated going and talking to this person or asking for something or, and so if I would give myself advice, you know, starting my career uh, at Microsoft 15 years ago, it would be just ask the questions. Don't be afraid to ask the questions because we all learn every single day and don't be afraid to go to senior leaders and have conversations or, um, you know, even if they're not senior leaders, but people that are senior to you, you know, don't be afraid because, um, you know, the more confident you are in what you do, um, you know, the better the conversation is, is going to be. And, and so I don't know. I think it would just be be confident in the job that you do and just go do your thing. And don't ask for permission for everything. Probably that would be another one too. Ask for forgiveness instead. Do it. Like, you know, it's the right thing. Just go do it. And, you know, I've experienced that with a lot of the stuff that I do is, you know, I have these big ideas. Just, you know, just go do it. And um, people will jump on board. And if they don't, then you learn from it and you go back and you do something else. But, yeah, that would be probably my two bits of, of advice. Be confident in what you know and go talk to the people. And then um, also don't don't ask per, for permission for everything. Just go do your thing.
0: Cool. Uh, cool. So, um, Laurie, thank you for taking your time, sharing your story with us today. Um, it's great to have you on this episode. It's been, it's been fantastic. Um, for everyone else, we'll see you on our next episode of the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast.
2: Great. Thanks, John. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers,
1: nice. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight, and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast.
2: Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.